Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to In Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to Teza, who is living abroad in Vietnam. Now, Teza is originally from France. And on this episode, she compares and contrasts life in France to life in Vietnam. What it's like to be biracial. Her mom is, is, is French, white. And her dad is from Guadeloupe, an island in the Caribbean. And what was that like growing up for her? And also, why she decides to go to Vietnam in the first place. And we talk a little bit about communism, about rights, as far as what rights she has in Vietnam and what how that compares to France. And all these intricacies of life abroad in Vietnam. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I'm really good, you know, living my best life here. How are you? Thank you for having me. No, anytime. I'm glad you're living your best life. Um, and what time is it over there right now? It's, it's 10 o'clock, right? PM? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 10, 10 PM. PM and uh, it's... Right before bed. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time right before bed on a Sunday. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and here it is uh, 9 AM, 9 AM on a Sunday. So you can see the time difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, very huge yeah, time difference. Huge there. time difference. <laughs> but all right, let's get right to it, Tessa. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, please. Uh, okay, so my name is Tessa. I'm from France, basically. Um, and yeah, I was actually, I came here in Vietnam to study. I'm a law student. Well, I was a law student. I'm graduating soon. I mean, in October, probably. Hopefully I can make it, but normally it's okay. And yeah, actually, I was part of a master's degree program, which was uh, in partnership with a Vietnamese university. So when I applied for my master's, it was actually delocated in Vietnam. So I had to go there to study this master's degree, especially. So yeah, I came, I arrived last year in September. So it's been almost a year since I'm here. And yeah, here I am. I'm working now in a law firm and yeah, we'll see how it goes. But for now it's going pretty well. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so let's get a little bit yeah. to, uh, to your background in France, right? So you, you where were you born in France yeah. or where are you from in France? Uh, I was born in Paris and uh, actually my dad is from the Caribbean islands. Uh, it's a French island called Guadeloupe. Oh, Guadeloupe, which yeah. Which is uh, in the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the south part of the Caribbean islands, if uh, mm-hmm. someone knows it. It's uh, <laughs> close to, actually close to, to South America, closer mm-hmm. than uh, than to America, like uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. And my mom, my mom is French. Uh, she's white. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's French with an uh, Italian background. You said... Uh, so you were born in yeah. Paris, right? Yeah, I was and, born in Paris. And yeah. how how did your how did your parents meet? So your dad was from Guadeloupe in the Caribbean, and your mom was French and from France. Yeah. Actually, uh, my dad, uh, he arrived in France pretty young. I think he was still in school mm. uh, with my grandma. And there, 
it's a huge family. There are eight children, and they all moved uh, in in France uh, with my grandma when they were young. So my dad stayed in Paris. He's uh, he has studied there, and what he's done afterward is like he applied for um, uh, being a teacher. So now he's teaching, and he was teaching in Paris, and met my mom there because my mom was basically from south of France, but mm. then to work she came to Paris because Paris is like the place where you have all the opportunities mm -hmm. for jobs and whatever so they met there and yeah and here I came got it got it so let, let's talk about the obvious <laughs> yeah. here so obviously you are interracial then correct yeah, exactly. Okay, half so, black, half white. Yes, okay. So how was that, um, I would say, for your parents when they met each other? When I, I don't know what time that was, that 70s or 60s, I don't know. Yeah. And how was that with in France? Because obviously I know nothing about French history as far as racism or anything is like that is concerned. Um, there is racism in France for sure. Uh, it's... Uh, it's okay. I mean, it's never okay. But uh, what I mean is that they didn't have so much struggle with that because France is uh, a place where you have many ethnicities. It's like America, actually. Like mm. you have black people, Asian people, uh, Arabic people, Latinos, everything. Mm. So it's all blended. So people are kind of open-minded and mixed, like interracial interracial oh sorry my english no, interracial fine. people it's uh it's i mean it's common in france like i'm mixed but i'm not the only one you have a lot of people yeah. like me uh but yeah it's it's pretty like most of the time it would be like more of curiosity about where you're from i mean even in france i get the question where you're from and mm -hmm. like for example when i moved in bordeaux in the south uh i was in school and my teacher was like oh where are you from i was like okay i'm from paris which is true <laughs> i'm i was yeah. born in paris so I, i'm from paris and they, they will be like oh no no but where are you from actually and i'm like uh, it's still paris <laughs> ask, ask, ask the question but a better way like yeah, what yeah. are your origins what is your background but yeah. not where you're from because i'm from <laughs> france actually so it's uh it's it's okay i mean you have you know like bad size of racism but i i can live with that it's okay it's uh, not that bad i see how about for your not dad oh for my dad it was uh different because when he arrived in france it was like around the 70s mm -hmm. uh so back then you i i would say there were a lot of racism much more than now mm -hmm. or maybe not much more but it's, it was another form it was more violent you know mm. so he has always told me that he was fighting in school because of some you know uh some things that the other student would say to him like oh yeah you're from africa you're mm -hmm. you're from a poor country oh no black people blah, blah blah and he would fight because you know he was young and it was 
you know, he's he's from an island where everyone was the same, and when he arrived, they would make him feel like he was in home. Mm. So yeah, he would fight a lot, and actually, like his story is pretty interesting because he told me he has a master's degree in uh, in law also. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and he told me the main reason why he wanted to study law it's because he wanted to know his rights, and he wanted to be able to defend himself without you know fighting like literally fighting that's powerful so that's why he yeah yeah very powerful he he's always told me that and you know i i feel like i you know i took the the same path kind of i don't know like i was interested in what he did and i wanted to you know learn more about what law is made of and yeah and here i am studying and i'm almost finished so i think he's pretty proud of me <laughs> i would hope he is right another he's a lawyer yeah. his daughter's a lawyer now that's great that's fantastic yeah exactly <laughs> your conversation exactly. must be very academic now since you guys both understand law <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's go right to um. So, so you, you went to Vietnam strictly because of this program, or were you interested in Vietnam for other reasons as well? Well, um, actually, I didn't really choose Vietnam because it was Vietnam, and oh, I was okay. really interested about Vietnam. It's because um, my studies specifically, I wanted to do like international law, and I wanted to study abroad. I've done it already once as i told you Mm -hmm. i went to to greece Mm -hmm. which was amazing and i wanted to discover more and when i was you know you know like searching for a second year of master's degree uh because you have to know that in france the second year of master's degree is selective so you have to apply to many universities most of the time you get rejected because it's selective they would Mm -hmm. take like only 30 people out of uh, hundreds of people you know Mm -hmm. applying Mm -hmm. so it's very hard to get one and this one i would say was pretty easy because not everyone would you know have the guts to go in <laughs> vietnam to live there you know right right like, right French people really you know um they, they love friends <laughs> they love friends <laughs> so i've heard <laughs> yeah 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 they love friends they don't want, really want to leave their english is not that good so you know they wouldn't you know like go abroad without speaking a good English and most of them don't so usually it's uh, pretty rare for French people to go around and you know live in another country mm-hmm. like not that rare but I would say that in my um, among my friends uh, my friends were like oh uh, why are you going to Vietnam stay in France <laughs> why are you going there and I was like why not and all of them stayed there stayed in France and I was the only one to, to leave you know yeah. so I actually yeah I applied for this one because I was interested in the um, in the program and also because I don't know I was curious about Asia Uh, before Vietnam I've already been to um, I went to South Korea which I loved a lot I I, I really liked it and I wanted to know about Southeast Asia because you know like I've seen pictures on Instagram and the life of people is like it, it seems 
like paradise, you know. <laughs> so I was there like, oh, Vietnam, why not, you know. And I was like, okay, let's go. So I actually, I literally arrived in Vietnam without knowing nothing about this country, like literally nothing. I arrived, I was like, okay, now let's discover. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's nice. discover. So it was um, a bit of a shock because it was my first time living in a poor country. Mm-hmm. So uh, I arrived and I was like, "Whoa, the streets are dirty. You have trash everywhere." Uh, this was where Ho Chi Minh City. Crazy, Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So the capital is Hanoi, mm-hmm. but Ho Chi Minh City is more like the the economic capital. Okay, you have all the businesses here. Rich people are living here. It's like you know, it's it's building a lot. A lot, and it's becoming a bit like New York with her buildings and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's the economic capital, I would say. Okay. So it's pretty easy to live here because you would have like many foreigners living here. So mm-hmm. if one day I miss French food, I can go to a French <laughs> restaurant. It's kind of expensive, but you know, just once in a while I can you know enjoy some cheese and. And bakeries. <laughs> so let, let's go right to that. So you arrive in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, right? And you yeah. and, and you notice yeah. right away that it was a very a stark contrast <laughs> from your life exactly. in Bordeaux or in Paris, right? Where you know, my I have exactly. I haven't been to France, but I'm I'm assuming cleaner streets than what you saw um, in Vietnam. So wh- of course. And wh- what was what in your mind? What were people's re- reaction to you? When they saw you, like you saw them, right? You and you see uh, a, a many, many Asian people, and now here they're looking at you, and you, they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> okay, so the thing is that I I already get stared at in France mm-hmm. already. Like it's yeah. it's not something new to me, okay. but here is kind of different because, like, I don't know, they they're really curious. And confused when they see me, it's like, <laughs> it's like they look at me and they're like, "Whoa, what is that? Like, this is not black. This is not white. Yeah. It has curly hair. Uh, well, <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> and the most common thing is, um, you know, they will come to me and touch my hair sometimes, um, or you know, uh, some yes, some. <laughs> some yeah some ass and some don't which is okay i mean they're nice people so uh-huh. i don't get mad but you know like you have almost of all is the 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 old people they would just go to you and touch your hand and be like whoa, whoa it's perfect i love it uh, beautiful beautiful <laughs> so, so it's funny but yeah it's a bit annoying in in mm-hmm. a day when you get like your hair touched a hundred times. I mean, but yeah, okay. that's kind of um, yeah invading personal space. That's pretty annoying. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it's okay. It's okay. It's just nice. It's not aggressive or whatever. Uh, also, what they do is taking pictures of people. They do it a lot, a lot. So most of the time, without asking, or if they ask, it can be a bit. Not aggressive, but uh, but like I'm gonna take a I'm gonna to take me. a picture of you. I'm going to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They they will go and be like, oh, picture, 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 and I'm like, okay, okay. So Not you really take asking. your best pose, and you're like, 
okay, bye. And I, I actually don't know why they want to have pictures so bad because it's everyone, everyone. When I travel, there's always this time when, you know, someone stops me in the street, like, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're a, a celebrity. You're yeah. famous. You're a celebrity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's every foreigners, actually, every foreigners, even white, even black, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Everyone is getting pictures with everyone. It's a, it's a trend here. I don't know what they do with the pictures, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, like, yeah, yeah. They I have a collection. They, they put them that. on their wall. They have a collection of just foreigners. Exactly. And just exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now I'm on the phone of a hundred of Vietnamese people without knowing what to do with that. But that's okay. That's okay. Let, let's hope it's just on the wall. Let's hope that. Let's hope it's like, oh, look at this person I met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's man. Like, it's weird because they take pictures. Usually when you take picture with someone, it's because, you know, you met them, you had good conversation with them. Or they're them, famous. And kind of connection. <laughs> but no, but here, you know, here they be like, no, they just take the picture and leave. Just hello, picture, bye. That's it. No conversation. Where are you from? They don't care where you're from. They just be like, picture. They just want the picture. Okay, picture. And you know what's funny? Because I've, yeah. I've, I've heard this, like you said, I've heard the story of other people that I've interviewed that, that are living in Asia that are non-Asians, right? That are either, you know, people of color, you know, black or brown yeah. people. And I think it just goes to show, like, we, people in the West, what, you know, is considered the West, like, obviously, Europe and Amer the Americas. Mm -hmm. Uh, people in the East are not used to seeing us that much. You know, I think people, I think Asians are used to seeing white people, right? I think they're used to that. I don't think they're used to seeing though people of color and, you know, uh, in, no, no, no. in their spaces, right? So I think that's a huge reason why, again, you're like the fifth person that I've, that I've spoken to. It's like, yeah, they just take a picture of you. They, uh, they touch your hair. They stare at you. And it's yeah. not, and it's not, um, I want to ask you this question because this is what they told me, that is not a racist kind of thing. It's more like a ignorance. Like they just don't know. They like, they're, exactly. it's curiosity, like ignorant curiosity, yeah. I might say, but it's not like a racist notion. Would you agree with that? Is it the same for you or no? I completely agree. They're not racist at all. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. As you said, they're curious. They want to, to know, like, you know, they, they look at you and they, they wonder where you're from, what is your background, but it's not, like, it's not mean, not at all. Okay. They, they're just curious and most of the time, because here in Vietnam, they don't really speak English. That's uh, the, okay. the, the thing that is a bit annoying, but it's okay. You can, you know, you can still live. I mean, I've been there for a year already so you can live here there's no problem but uh i can see it because when sometimes i meet some vietnamese people who speak english um they would ask a lot of questions <laughs> like wow how is france and oh where are you from uh tell me what about the life there i want to know but yeah so the your hair is it your natural hair or is it a perm and you know they're really curious so i would say there's no racism here it's more ignorance mm. most of the time Got it. more i i haven't experienced negative um feeling with vietnamese people like or maybe during the coronavirus time when mm -hmm. you know europe was touched with uh with the virus mm -hmm. uh it was a bit hard for us to live there because, not hard, but um, I would say that 
people would look at us like kind of scared, like, oh, maybe they have coronavirus or wow. something like this. Yeah, I have some friends who had been refused to um, enter in a restaurant uh, because they were foreigners. Uh, but it was at that time, it was because um it was exploding in in europe yep. and also mm-hmm. in america mm-hmm. and the border the borders closed and you know they were scared but it's just because they were scared and they were ignorant they didn't know when we arrived so mm-hmm. they were like oh maybe they arrived after the coronavirus so yeah. maybe they brought the virus here they can pass it to us mm-hmm. so they were more scared but not not really racist it's it's okay i i i didn't take it personally actually i was more laughing about this than you know getting mad got it's it, okay. got it. <laughs> all right so now let's yeah, talk yeah. about the, the the paradise that you envisioned of vietnam so where have you been where you've been just taken away floored by what you saw uh okay so i arrived uh in vietnam i took a hotel uh for a week to find a flat uh, and during this week I discovered the country kind of like not mm-hmm. the country the city mm-hmm. the city of Ho Chi Minh mm-hmm. um, and like I, I had to get used of the life here because there's no transportation for example you don't have metro you have buses but it's pretty hard to get in like it's not really clear and i don't want to get lost so i never took the bus actually so usually here you you go with uh what you call grab which is the the vietnamese the asian uh uber uber Uber. yeah exactly uber exactly uber so you take this so you have grab with cars and you have grab with motorbikes Mm, that's fun this is the thing (laughs) yeah that's fun i only use this actually that's fun uh so you just go there's your driver who arrives and you go in the back back of the the motorbike and he takes you anywhere in the city and i remember my first time on the motorbike i was so scared because the traffic here is crazy the traffic here is crazy like i think i i I was about to die like 10 times during the the road like (laughs) (laughs) on the way i was like i'm going to die do you have a helmet on he gives you a helmet or no helmet of course, they give you a helmet. Okay, it's, okay. Uh, it's mandatory. It's been like uh, <laughs> almost uh, ten years since it's, it's mandatory now. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They you have to wear a helmet. So they give you a helmet. You you go on the scooter, and mm-hmm. you know, with time, I had um, I had the chance to you know look at the traffic and see how it goes, and actually, I understood that. It's not dangerous. They know what they do. They yeah. have complete control on the of the motorbike, so it's not that dangerous. And I haven't seen like so many accidents here, so it's pretty good. And yeah, now I I, I feel like I can drive. I mm. I'm thinking about re- renting actually my own motorbike. Nice. Uh, I will see. I will see. I will see <laughs> because I already yeah I I I I did drive. But it was like not so long, and you know, just to to see how to drive and control the the motorbike. Mm-hmm. So I I will check if I can do it, and if I can't, I will just you know give it back and go back to grab. 
Grab scooters. Yeah. <laughs> grab motorbikes, and it's better. <laughs> so, all right. So, let, let me ask you some questions now. So, where, where? So, you've traveled to the city. Have you traveled anywhere like yeah. on anywhere else in the country? Yeah. So, I've been to the north of Vietnam, which is pretty different from uh, from the south. Uh, it's more traditional. Okay. I would say here in Ho Chi Minh City, for example, you have a lot of European people, um, Americans, a lot. So you have, it's more modern, I would say. Mm -hmm. If you go to Hanoi, which is the capital, you wouldn't have these high buildings and, you know, like, it would be more like traditional uh, Vietnamese houses, mm -hmm. kind of. And not the same, not the same mentality. It's more, I would say it's more communist in the north than in the south. Interesting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there is a, a, a difference. But hey, wait, is, v is Vietnam a, a communist bad. country? It is. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Actually, it's called the, the Socialist Republic of Vietnam or something like this. So let's go into but that. Because so. I did not know that. That's a huge thing that I didn't. So how's it like living from a you know, capitalistic, you know, uh, laissez-faire <laughs> place in France to now living in... It's no, it's not really different, actually. Like, mm. like really, it's nothing. I, I, I would say because before going, I was like, okay, I'm going to a country which is communist, and mm. I don't know how how it goes there. Maybe it's a bit dangerous or whatever. Because mm. I've heard crazy, crazy stories about tourists getting trapped with the police or whatever. Mm. I don't know, but I arrived there, and I was at first. Uh, I was like, you know, a bit suspicious about what was happening here, but actually, it's 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 like France. I mean, not like <laughs> France, but it's communist without being communist. I, I don't see. know if you if you understand, but it, they do, do business. Yeah. They want to attract um, foreign investors here. You have like it's pretty easy to 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 work here. There's no it, it's. There's no problem with that. I would say maybe the, um, there are some rules, laws that are um, too much, I would say. Like, for example, I remember there is a friend of mine uh, who asked me, you know, at the time when there was this um, George Floyd um, yes. thing, yes. you know, everyone was de demonstrating. So, yeah, there, there was demonstrating for uh, for justice. And me, I was on my Instagram, you know, sharing posts and saying, like, okay, I'm with you guys, Americans, fellows. I, I, I really, I'm with you. God bless you, you know. And they were like, you know, Tessa, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen any stories of you demonstrating in the streets. And I was like, I told my friends, you know, like, I would love to. I would love to go in the streets and, you know, just showing my support to to America and what's happening there. But I can't because it's forbidden. Here. Protesting is forbidden. You can't. It's it's forbidden. Wow. It's forbidden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could go to prison for that, actually, literally. Oh, wow. You could go to prison for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's definitely, that sounds pretty heard... communist to me. I mean, I would... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's just little things like this. But <laughs> in 
my daily life it doesn't affect it yeah. doesn't affect it so much it's okay mm. my daily life is like in france i do my life like i have a pretty good routine i go mm. to work every day in the evening i go to bars with my friends i have time with my roommates mm. uh i have an activity i dance two three times a week so it's okay there's yeah. no i mean i can enjoy my life i'm kind of free you know so you have that kind there's of freedom just little thing you still need to yeah 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 there's just little thing you need to to know and be careful with yeah. but it's not a huge thing yeah. it's okay it's yeah. okay i'm not living in north korea come on it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean obviously from my, from my perspective just hearing that i i personally of course everybody's different but I mean, that is, for some people, that could be, like, a little thing. To others, that might be, like, a huge thing because, pro, you know, protesting is a form of, like, freedom of expression, right? And, like, yeah. obviously in countries yeah. like France, it's allowed, obviously, and in America and in many countries, obviously, protesting is allowed. But in some countries, like you said, it's not. And I didn't know that. So that's a good, fa- a good thing to know that in Vietnam, you could end up in prison for protesting. So that's, a, yeah, 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 that's yeah. pretty... Um, yeah, actually, for, uh, for, for an example, which is pretty like relevant for that there's a single party here mm. so you don't have any other you know it's like in it's not like in france or in america you have like the republicans yep. and the, the democrats mm-hmm. here you have only one party and that's it and they, and they always win <laughs> so, <laughs> there's so there's no election is there elections or there's no elections either think there are uh i'm pretty sure there are but i don't know how it goes mm-hmm. and really it's pretty difficult for me to have so much information about vietnam because mm-hmm. you know it's uh, like some are pretty blurred some informations that i have so i don't know i really don't know and i i'm actually curious and i often look at the law but the thing is that here there is the law and there is also what the the authorities decide mm, to do. What they practice. So yeah. it's two yeah, exactly. So it's two different things. So you have also you you have laws for sure, mm-hmm. but you're you're never sure of how it would go if you get, you know, sued or whatever mm-hmm. because they just do what they like. <laughs> they just do what they like. As most countries, uh, as so, most countries, right? What's actually in law exactly. and what's practice. Yeah, that's definitely Exactly. That's definitely very common, exactly. unfortunately, <laughs> across the globe. Exactly. All right, let's go, now we're exactly. going to get into the final part of uh of the of the interview. I'm going to ask you some questions. I only want a one-word response, okay? So Okay. Your least favorite place that you visited in Vietnam. <laughs> My least favorite place. Uh, oh. uh, I would say, uh, I don't know. I don't have a list. Oh, okay, yes, I have one. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's a place called Vung Tao, which is uh, two hours from uh, Ho Chi Minh City. And it's uh, by the sea. Uh, and it's ugly, like, <laughs> like the, <laughs> all right, say no more, say no more. Let's get to that. So the good stuff now. <laughs> all right. The bitches are, are, are not nice. A lot of trash there. Just don't go there. Oh, okay. It's not, not cool. I don't What's like your it. favorite like place in Vietnam? Oh, my favorite place. <sighs> I 
I would say, okay, I will cheat and say two places because it's two different atmospheres which okay. are worth seeing. So one is uh, Fukuok Islands, which is um, kind of the, the western part of, uh, of uh, Vietnam. So it's a small island and it's really, really good. Like, uh, I, I love it. The beaches are pretty clean. And it's like paradise. I really love it. It's small. You can have like um, good places to eat. People are really nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. So Fukuok Island is, I think, one one of the places you need to visit when you go there. Okay. And second places, I would say there is a lake in the north by the countryside. It's called Babe Lake. And I actually, I don't know, like, I don't know so many people who've been there. It's not really common to go there. It's not mm-hmm. famous. But I think I had the best time of my life there. It's like we we took a, a hostel. We booked a hostel there. And to get there, we had to take a boat, like a small boat, like really wooden one. Mm-hmm. And to, to get to the, to the hostel. And the view was amazing. You're in the middle of the mountains. You have the lake. And no connection at all. You have no service, so nice. you can't use your phone. It's like yeah, really refreshing. Nice. No pollution like in the cities. Mm-hmm. No pollution, nothing. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And and the Vietnamese people are so nice, so nice. They give you food. They they take you everywhere. They give you advices, even if they don't speak English. They they want to help you. That's nice. Which is really nice. Awesome. Really nice. Really nice. Um, I love Vietnam just for that. <laughs> awesome. What's your what What do you miss most about France? One word. What do you miss most about France? Food. <laughs> food. French food. All right. French food. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Vietnamese food? Uh, it's hard because Vietnamese food is food. hard for me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm not really into Vietnamese food just for one thing, which is pretty common. I think you would know that. Because of coriander. They put coriander in every single meal. What is coriander? Actually for me, what is that? I don't know what that is. Coriander. You don't know coriander. What's coriander? It's a sort of uh, it's an it's an herb. It's oh well, it's a good thing that you don't know that. So okay, it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's an herb. You know, like like any herb, okay. like rosemary uh-huh. or persil. But they uh-huh. they put it everywhere. And the thing is that I don't like it because for me it tastes like soap. Like actual soap. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it, I, I I I'm not exaggerating at all, and I've read on the internet that it was because of um how you call that genetics. You know, yeah, we have a genes for the people who taste like soap. You know, <laughs> we have this sort of genes that wow. you know make it taste like soap. So for Vietnamese people, it tastes really good, but for me, it's like you put soap in my plate, <laughs> and so it, it yeah it destroys everything. So oh, me. Vietnamese food, I'm not really into it. Like, not not so much. Not so much. You have good food. I mean, you can have, like, good spring rolls. But for me, I have to be careful with the this coriander. So okay, I, I would 
or like often if I eat in a Vietnamese restaurant, I would ask without coriander. And without yeah, soap, that's please. okay. That's okay. Hold the soap. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Give me meals without coriander, without pork, and it's okay. And it's nice. okay. And it it's it can be pretty good. Like they have fried rice, mm-hmm. which is my favorite favorite thing on earth <laughs> i love it so much it's not really healthy but you know once in a good. while yeah, you but... eat fried rice it's it's really it's really good really good it's yeah. really good all right last and so cheap so cheap yes so yeah, cheap. i hear things are cheap there final final question uh tessa yeah um what do you feel what's been the biggest lesson that you have learned throughout your first year in vietnam well i think uh, it's a life um, lesson that I have, and it's going to uh, to be to, to to remain until I die. I think because it's not the last time I'm I'm traveling, and every time I travel, I think I'm super open minded. I'm I'm the most open minded person on earth, and then I realize I'm not. And so every time I learn from people's culture and here it's so different from France because, you know, it's um, they're really into their families, really close to their families. And I learn a lot from that. They're really nice people. They're curious and generous, I would say, also um generous about their culture they want to share with you and this is something that uh i've lived it already but not as strong as in here i would say so for me it's just a lifetime um lesson that i get here because you know they're really they're not rich people but they 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 want to give you all they have like not all they have, you know, but just they, they're interested in you and they want to know what's up there, what's up in your own country. And they also want to share with you their own culture, which is for me, like, it's it's for me kind of a wealth, kind of, you know, it's being rich, kind of, in another way, without money. And I wish I can learn more in the future. This is something I really want to do for the rest of my life actually at least until i can um i can't travel anymore i hope you enjoyed that episode with teza i definitely did it's so interesting as you heard uh, i had no idea that vietnam was considered you know a communist or socialist country and of course i had questions in regards to that and one of those big ones is you know not having the right to protest um and of course tesla had a you know idea like you know her everyday life is not bothered because of that you know lack of being able to process or or lack of being able to express one's feelings towards you know government or whatever else they want to protest but for me you know as an american you know you know i I feel because obviously you can protest in america um that's like a foundation of uh democracy right and many countries obviously not just america but many countries where you do have the right to protest and you know and peacefully you know assemble (laughs) so the fact that you could go to prison for that in vietnam is for me obviously i'm speaking only for myself here it's kind of wild but i'm assuming that people in vietnam you know whether it's locals or expats 
they're okay with that because maybe I don't know maybe they don't have a need to protest things <laughs> you know obviously I, I would need to um, dig a little deeper in, in regards to that but I do like the idea what she said about Vietnamese people as far as being a curious right and obviously that curiosity could go to another level as far as you know touching someone's hair or just taking a picture of someone and for us in the west obviously that's very odd but for them it's not right we're odd we're the odd ones <laughs> so they're, they're very curious and I've heard that a lot you know from many people that I know that are living abroad in Asian countries that is this curiosity to me it's you know it's a little bit ignorant but you know it's a curiosity nonetheless and it's not uh it doesn't have possibly racist or racial undertones as far as the reason why they do that but um or maybe it does I don't know <laughs> I'll have to look deeper into that but no it was a very interesting episode I think it was very powerful as well what she said about her dad being a lawyer and the reason he became a lawyer because he was a black man being you know ridiculed and all these things facing discrimination in france or whatever wherever he was and he felt the need to know the law to protect to protect himself and to me that's a very powerful very powerful message that sends to other people but yeah hope you enjoy um next week we're gonna see what i do i think i might have a solo episode again next week to give you an update on what has happened so far um, there's been a lot of big things happening in my life personally and professionally. And if you listen to my last episode, which is called Quarantine Thoughts, I didn't disclose too much information. So hopefully this time around, I do. So either it will be a solo episode or I interview someone else that's living in some crazy part of the world that I have not touched on. I've, this, is about, this is my 41st episode now. So I've been doing a lot of episodes. So I, I, I'm getting to a lot of different countries. But of course, so many more to go. And I'm excited to bring you that. And as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.